to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next hour we're going to be talking about all things food and drink. I'm joined by my fellow presenter Guy Routledge, Sapling Digital and Food Rush. Hi Guy. Hello. I'm not going to introduce Ollie because he's just getting on my nerves today and he's just been really horrible to me. Really? That cut, doesn't sound like should him. Should we cut him out of the programme? <laughs> I don't know if we'll be able to. He's on a rampage today. <laughs> he's, he's on a bit of a, aren't you? You're in a bit of a mischievous it's, mood today, Ollie. What? It's, it's, it's Monday, you know. It's, yeah, well, we're recording on a Monday, aren't we? And it's pouring rain outside. Um, and you've got an amazing drink in front of you, which I think you're looking forward to trying. I'm very excited about it. Mm. So that's Ollie Lloyd of Great British Chefs. So we are joined by Tom Tuke Hastings. That's a good name. We always have people with good names on here. Like uh, Nelson. Mm, and Sanya Ilieva. Hi, Sanya. Hi. We're going to come to you later, Sanya, but we're going to start off with Tom because he's he's just spent he's just arrived in the studio and it's quite like a small studio. He's just got out his own knife from some packaging. Uh, he's then just cut and um, put in some basil by the looks of it. Is that basil, Tom? Yep, basil. Um, he's sliced up some oranges and he's he's bought his own ice and his own glasses. That's really impressive, don't you think? Uh, and he even has his own glass, which is different. Yeah. We've got one type of glass. Why is your glass different? He's got a really posh glass. Founder's glass. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't quite sure how many people there'd be, but... He's founder's glass. Founder's glass. Definitely mm. gets top marks for effort. And I, mm. But I have a feeling it's because he's overcompensating for something that is uh, perhaps lacking what, in the product that he's bought with him. It could be possibly. So in front of me, I've got a bottle, which um, oh, is very sort of... Um, flowery and floral in its design looks very good um and it's called um barago yep that's right barago um and the reason why um guys complaining is because <laughs> it's zero alcohol zero sugar zero fat and zero calories well the last few i think i can get on board with because we all need to yeah. use it a little bit of weight but uh speak for yourself <laughs> Um, now, Ollie, you know that I, I really hate Seedlip and I'm terribly sorry for, you know, but I do admire what they're trying to do, you know, what, you know how we're you know, trying to tackle something which is really quite difficult. Um, have you got any thoughts on the, on the sort of non-alcoholic spirit, in inverted commas? Is, is it something that people are looking for? I think what we've, what we've seen in all the conversations and all the sort of people we've spoken to about this is that I think brands feel that there is a moment that they need to address in terms of, you know, you're going out, you want something to drink that makes you feel like you're not missing out and you're having something that's tasty, that doesn't have alcohol in it, whether that's for driving reasons, religious reasons, you don't drink, whatever it is, um, but ultimately makes you feel like you're not missing out. And I think the general feeling is, is that most of the time people feel they're missing out. And it's grown up. It needs to be feel grown up. That makes sense. Yeah, I think, but, but obviously, we know, we've also seen, you know, people from, you know, um, nice sound effect there. Yeah, sorry, um, just opening the bottle. I rather like that. Um, but I think we've also sort of seen soft drink brands also trying to get grown up because actually yeah. there's mm. been, you know, 10 years ago, there weren't any grown up soft drinks brand. And there's been a massive growth in that area over the last 10 years. And now... But none of those are something that I want to drink all evening. So if you go, you know, if you go out and you maybe have four or five drinks, um, four or five drinks of a soft drink often makes you feel terrible. Mm. 
you know, it makes your head feel terrible because I don't know what it's got in it. But, but um, yeah, I wonder why that is. Or fruit uh, juice is even worse. A lot of them, yeah, I mean, fruit juice is obviously quite a lot of sugar in it, but then there's a lot of calories and a lot of sugar in uh, in alcohol as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, mm. And I think it's it's partly it's tough because th- this is a like a, a minority product. You know, there's there's fewer people out there who are not drinking than who are. Perhaps I mean I don't have stats in front of me, so I, I don't That's know if that good. is. See, it's grown, it's grown a lot. It's definitely it's grown, grown a lot, yeah. and I think that particularly amongst the younger generation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, without sounding like an old fart, um, you know, actually there is, you know, there <laughs> is try the, too hard, and on it's that standing at about twenty-five percent in the sort of millennials. Oh, is it really? Um, and globally, it's up to fifty-five percent for all adults over mm-hmm. eighteen who haven't had a drink at all in the last year. And obviously, fifty-five percent in, yeah, in the UK. Obviously, yeah, that that's, a, that's a lot different. lower. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, there's a massive trend at the moment for people mm. drinking less and less. And um, whether that's cutting out completely or just even having one or two glasses left, people want to have yeah. that choice. Mm. And is that, that that that's something you wanted to tap into? Is that? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's part of what I've experienced. I mean, when I when I sort of started out I was working as a chef I was partying hard at, I even wrote a cookery book on the art of the vodka jelly um, but now you know <laughs> good grown man. up a bit good man I, li- I live in the countryside I've got small children and I love entertaining I love partying but alcohol just plays a smaller part of that because you've got to drive and you also get woken up very early in the morning by lovely little people but um, you know hangovers just aren't as much fun mm. so, so you've poured us um, this so this is your Barago um, and what have you uh, is this with tonic so yeah this is a barago and tonic which is a sort of great easy way to have it you can make lots of mm. complicated cocktails and things um but i think what you really need is something that's simple and anybody can do it at home and anyone can do it in a bar or in a pub and you get a very sort of consistent product um we garnished it with a sort of crushed basil leaf and also a slice of orange and i love the flavor of the orange i was slightly worried that orange was a little bit retro but i think it's sort of come back again and I, for me the flavors work not quite sure what I think of that. So the citrus, I'm tasting pepper, spice, maybe. What, what are you thinking? I mean, I think, I mean, so, so how is it made? Let's just start there in terms yeah. of what the process is in terms of... So the, the process basically works around um, steam distillation. So rather than using alcohol in your distillation, um, we use water. Um, and so steam to still it through to take all the best bits and all the flavours out of the botanicals. Um, we're not sort of saying all of our botanicals at the moment because we're, you know, as you're saying, it's a very up-and-coming market, so we're trying to keep our cards a bit close to our chest at the moment. Um, but but roughly the botanicals would include, we're talking about yeah, so, I mean, herbs? We, we, yeah, everything is herbs and spices. So there's quite a lot of... Um, Quite a lot of the, uh, I'm trying to remember what's in it now, cardamom is the one I'm looking for. Quite a lot of cardamom that's on the nose, which is quite floral. Um, and there's also quite a bit of sort of rosemary that pulls through towards the end. So everything that's in it is herbs and spices. And nothing would be unfamiliar in a, in a sort of in a kitchen. And Tom, the reason why I'm not commenting it here is it's not, I don't like it. I don't know what to say. Um, and, and that's because it doesn't taste like something. Um, I think that's why. See, it's it has its I, own taste. I had, a, I, had a gin, I had a gin the other day, a gin and tonic at uh, Organic. Um, and so, you know, the barman said, oh, I'm going to produce something that's sort of you know, strange and different. And, and actually, it tasted quite similar to this hmm. in terms of it was a very kind of aromatic um, gin. And I think occasionally you do get those kinds of gins that actually have this kind of profile. Hmm. I wouldn't have said that. So this wouldn't have reminded me of a gin maybe a year ago. Yeah. But now... I actually think, I think this, I would say this tastes like 
some of the more marginal, I'm going to call them marginal um, crafts that used artisan yeah. gins, yeah. which yeah. I think is, is, is actually and, quite interesting. And that's where we're trying to be. And to be honest, I don't actually get upset when people just say they don't like it because we're not trying to produce something for everybody. I'm not saying I don't not, like it, actually, funnily enough. Um, whereas, whereas there's other ones I've gone, oh, never tasting that again. <laughs> we, I don't feel like that about this at all. I'm, I'm just, um, just trying to describe it. And Guy, can you help me out? <clears throat> it's very unusual because I'm so used to drinking like a gin, gin and tonic. But but I don't know why that should be so unusual because there's so many different kinds oh. of gin with all, so many different flavour profiles. So in concept, or yeah, it's it's very similar to a spirit and tonic. The the garnish is, is in this case quite strong. So I get a lot of the orange and the basil. Mm. And then there's then there's this kind of slightly confusing element to it, which is clearly the the, the non-alcoholic spirit that we're tasting. And it's it starts off a little bit kind of almost medicinal for me. But then it kind of mellows gets, you out. Get the, yeah, it mellows out and you get this kind of complexity of, yeah, very herby, uh, almost kind of, um, I mean, I was going to say soil, but that, I mean, it doesn't taste like eating dirt, but, it, but it's got that very kind of... Earthy. Yeah, earthiness yeah. to it. That, that sounds better, doesn't it? But it's interesting because the medicinal part of it, I think that's what historically we have, you know, when we've tried some of the other ones, mm. we've sort of gone, it's a bit medicinal. It's not, it didn't have the sort of the fun, the lightness of it. And actually, I think this is this is a lot less medicinal. I think there is some of that kind yeah. of aromatic um, medicinal taste, but it is it is certainly. I, I think this is really interesting. Sonia, you've just had a little slurp. What, what are you thinking? I really like it. It tastes good. There you go. It's a good answer when I'm really trying a coffee later. <laughs> 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 but I, yeah. I have to say, even though when I first first took a sip, it was you know it was a bit different, and I wasn't entirely sure what to say. It. After a, uh, a couple more, yeah, it really does grow yeah. on you, and I think it's just because it's so different that it it, can, it throws you to begin with. But I I also think that you know look we 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 talked a lot about this in the last few weeks about changing consumer behaviour mm. is there are certain flavours that we are used to now if it's possible to go back in one's mind to tr- remember the first time you tried whiskey or the first time you tried a really peaty whiskey or the mm. first time yeah. you tried a spirit that was just a bit other you, the, the first reaction is always a bit like oh god what's that. It's like that um, rum we had the other week that was smoked. That, that yeah. sort of had a taste on its own, but it was, yeah, I really like that. Uh, th- but it referenced really other things, though, exactly. didn't it? So there was a reference to barbecue. And that's why I'm struggling stuff. to say, because I'm, I'm finding it hard to reference against something. But it's, I, I, yeah, I've got to like that. I'm wondering if I invited somebody around to dinner and I said, oh, I've got a new craft gin and make one up like that, you know, gin and tonic, I, whether they'd notice whether they it was alcoholic or not. I don't think they would. I don't, I don't think they would. No. They'd notice at the end of the night when they're, you know, still... Speaking, no, sense. we'd have gone on to the wine by then. <laughs> <laughs> we'd have gone well, well past that by then. But you, but you know, but why have an al- alcoholic drink if you can find something that, that, that that's as nice as that, really? And you do get the placebo effect of people going, "Oh my god, I can't drive," and they go, mm. "Oh, actually, that's no, fine, isn't it?" Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, 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 um, are you making this yourself? Or have you have you contracted yeah, so, it out? No, no, this is actually making it ourselves. We make it in Tring, so it's made in the UK. Um, so we're not shipping it out to some big factory somewhere. We're yep. not owned by a big company. It's yet. it's me yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, uh, and and you just presumably experimenting with different spices. With, yeah. With, so with I, mean, dis- I, I spent about process. a year experimenting, and I, I built a flavour library 
of about 60 or 70 different flavours. And the number 47 on the bottle refers to uh, the cardamom, which mm. is one of the key elements within that uh, within that blend. And so trying lots of different things. Um, Barago is actually the Latin classification for the borage flower, which is a beautiful, pretty little blue edible flower. Looks great, slightly cucumbery. Um, love it in love pims. Mm. And we tr I wanted to really base it with that because I have a great affinity with it. We used to grow it and it was always a real party time, summery, exciting thing. Unfortunately, it tastes filthy, so it had to go. But um, the, mm. the name and the logo stayed. Uh, but uh, we just tried lots of different things to see what worked. And, and what about the um, the branding and the packaging? Because uh, it's a really difficult thing to do. Do you brand it as something that's not percent and and looks like that, or do you do you do it as a sort of quasi? You know, you know, I think it's very important spirit. To have, it's important yeah. to have both, Difficult. really. Um, I mean, we've gone for a very high-quality bottle. Um, we've got a nice cork on it. The new ones have got our star um, that's going to be engraved on the top. And so we want people to have something that they feel has quality and value and looks wonderful. But it's very important that we make people know that there's no alcohol. We don't want people, you know, yeah, expecting yeah. alcohol. <laughs> and, um, you know, it is... It does look like a bottle of spirits because it's the same. You know, it's it's in a nice glass bottle with a pretty label that you know looks very at home on a shelf. So I think it's very important that we do put that across so people, when they see it, especially as we're young and growing, people know that it's got no alcohol. And and for me, um, seed lip is is it's too strong in taste in a taste profile. Was this is a bit more subtle? I think. I agree with that. And I'm interested in the comment you made about 55 percent of adults over the age of 18 have not had a drink in the last year on a global basis that's uh, the whole world i would imagine that includes world. for religious reasons as well yes it of does. course yeah yeah it does but i mean that I mean the, the real market for this stuff and i wonder you know how much you know we've seen a couple of people uh, you know going, coming into this mm. market is the is, is there innovation all around the world in this space because it looks it feels like this has been an untapped you know it's a really untapped market I think there will be innovation. I think one of the things that we need to discover as we go about it, and we don't actually use alcohol at any point in our process. So some of the other people mm. extract So it's not de-alcoholised, no. it's so something from scratch. Some people, if you utilise um, citrus peels, for instance, and I think the process that Seedlip used to, you talk about, they use alcohol and then they take it out. Because we don't use alcohol at any point, we can actually, um, and we're in the process of getting our halal accreditation. But I think what's going to be very interesting is seeing how that interacts with people. I don't, don't drink it straight. Um, and how it interacts with people and whether they want this type of moment. And whether from a culture that doesn't drink at all, whether actually having a grown-up mixed drink is something that they can enjoy or whether that doesn't actually fit in. So that's something that we're looking into and seeing how you know, how that occasion works. Well, you just told me off there, right, because you said don't drink it neat. Now, <laughs> I, want, I, wanted, I wanted to drink it neat because I wanted to see, mm. you know, what it tasted like. That is horrible. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. But... The, what you're doing then is you're making a drink that you can have with a mixer. So what you've done is Very come up so. with a taste that goes with a mixer, so to yeah. speak. Um, we, and drinking it neat doesn't work. We, we call it a non-alcoholic. <laughs> I've now got to try it neat. I've just drank okay. my uh, try it neat. But actually, no, but that's a good point. Uh, it's not made to be drunk neat. No. It's made to be, you know, I have mixed, done the yeah. taste profile because it goes with tonic or it goes with this, that and, and the other. And everybody who is, you know, chefy <laughs> or foodie, first thing they always want to do is taste it neat. And I just yeah. say, it's not necessarily what you want to have neat. Um, and we call it a spirit... Not because it has a spirit, but because you use it like a gin or a vodka. Sorry, I'm giggling because Ollie's just tasted neat. Uh, and? I'm just kidding. 
What's what is so weird <laughs> is that there's no you actually have to do it. It bears no, no resemblance, resemblance to the drink, to the actual drink. No, none. It's and one of those things that by adding really other hard. things it brings it to life. You've got to really hard to produce it because you had to. You've had to produce something that almost without the second part of it doesn't, doesn't work. really work. Yeah, and I think the way the way clever. that we that's okay. the that's way that we work on that was wait we we. We mix and then take it through several steps. So rather than just having a quick swig, although you do slightly get used to the raw flavours, um, no, you, you don't. Then, you then you didn't try that. Oh, <laughs> oh, guy's face. Yeah, that's that's not. I wouldn't be queuing up for Did, it. You no, know, I'm really sorry, but that's like that tastes like harpic smells. <laughs> I've not tasted harpic. No, but, I haven't yeah, either. Because uh, obviously you die. Do not try harpic at home. <laughs> We're not recommending it. <laughs> no, we're not recommending idea. it. No, do we, we're not. Do we need to put a disclaimer on it? No, I no. I obviously, don't taste harpic, but it's. Not <laughs> However, it tastes it tastes really good with the tonic. So I think that's interesting. I think that's good. I think that's. <laughs> no, stop. We'll stop tasting it neat now. That's, that's well, just no, ridiculous. It's, not, it's clearly not designed to be. No, um, no, exactly. It, and but, that's my point. But it's actually. interesting that it's not. Yeah. Because, like you said, that's that's exactly what a foodie would do. They'd be like, "Oh, this is interesting. How do I use this?" And they would try and taste it in it in its simplest form, so that they can understand it a bit more. Yeah. So don't do that at home. Yeah. yeah do not do that at home. <laughs> and it's not meant as an aftershave either. But you know, we've had a few people slapping it behind because they <laughs> like the smell. So. But that makes the that makes the creation of the drink really quite difficult because what you've got to do is create something that goes with something else. So, so it must have made yeah. the combination of ingredients even harder. It, it did, and I think you know, in the end, you know, food background obviously helps. And mm. thinking about flavour pairings and where you want to take it, and and what you think will work, and what you think will work further down the line. Um, but at the end of the year, it's been a lot of trial and experimentation, mm. and there have been some horrible ones on the way. And, and what's your hypothesis? Do you think, well, as you build your business, do you think the focus is on the sort of the the driver? I'm going to call it, you know, the event where. Someone's come around for dinner and, and, and they're driving, so they're not drinking. Is it non alcoholic market? Is it oh, this, overseas? This is low yeah. calories as well. I mean, is it, is it people well, not so what, 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 what do you the think calories? the heart of this is? We, there are so many. And I think, you know, what's very important when you're starting a business is that you don't go, we're going to do everything. And you need to focus. So we ought to focus on celebratory moments, times where you don't want to feel you're missing out. So you talked about going down the pub and wanting something that you can join in with, but also things like weddings. You know, how many weddings just have some elderflower fizz? Now, I love elderflower, mm. but, you know, after a while, it's a bit boring and it's the same. So we want to be, you know, the drink of choice when people want a non-alcoholic celebratory drink. Now, there are within that, you know, the, the pregnant ladies market, there is the drivers, there are the religious non-drinkers. And I think the one of the biggest ones that we've come across is the people who just want a couple less drinks. So the people who used to come home and have a G&T every night, who've decided that they want to have a Barago and tonic when they get home at six o'clock because it's a Monday and perhaps they shouldn't really be having a double G&T every night. Um, so people are sort of looking into all of those things, but we want it to be you know, an experience and a nice experience. So rather than it being a just because you can't, we want it to be a very pleasant experience that you celebrate with almost. And on the side of the pack, it says, consume within 12 weeks of opening yeah so why is that we're well we're currently undergoing we, we've done some accelerated testing because we're very new we haven't been able to do sort of much longer ones um but yeah if you keep it um three months with the open in a sort of cool dry place that's fine it's been lasting longer but you always have to err on the side yeah. of caution with these mm. things mm. um 
I've read quite a bit about what, what people call transitional drinking. I think it's called that. Um, and that is people coming home from work, which is what you're saying, yeah. and they want to mark the end of the, right, I've finished work now, and now I'm in my social time and I want to relax and I want to separate those two things out. And therefore, that is quite often why people will have a drink at home. It's yeah. like, right, I'm, uh, I'll have a nice glass of wine now because at the end of the day, and now I'm at home cooking the dinner or whatever. Um, this could break into that, in yeah, inverted that, commas, transition. I, I think that is a key market, and we've heard from yeah, consumers already who's saying, and you know, it's one lady who orders a bottle a week, and it's part of her ritual. She comes back, has a couple of glasses of it, and and that's her transition from from work to play. Hmm. And I think that is a real occasion where people see it as a good opportunity to cut back on, you know the alcohol contents, uh, the calories within alcohol. I mean, again, if you're mixing this with a full-fat tonic, you're putting calories back in. But we're all very much about choice. Um, you know, if you want to, you can have a skinny tonic, um, or you know, it's up to you. We've but don't have it on its own. No, no, not it's not. It's not designed for shots. It's not a shot drink, is it? Is it? Do you do traditional drinking, guy? I'd never heard it called that before, but I quite like that. There's now a label for it. I mean. <laughs> I think that's how I will keep uh, start describing it. But yeah, I mean, I try not to drink. Not every the week. night, but you know, sometimes. Well, no, but that's Friday the trouble. Like, I mean, uh, over the weekends, yeah, I, you know, like a nice bottle of wine with some nice food that we're cooking at home. If I go out for dinner, then tend to have you know maybe start with a G and T and then maybe have wine a bit later on. But uh, but yeah, I think there is that that kind of that switch change of pace between mm. you know the work day and the and the relaxing day. I don't think I get enough relaxing time. Or even frankly. even when you've got small children, you know, and, the, and you go you go home, they've actually now gone to bed. Mm. Oh, phew, right, transitional, <clears throat> no. You're frowning at me. No, 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 we, we, we have a terrible thing, I should say, on radio, uh, with my son, who is five, where we have something called bar snacks on a Friday night. And bar snacks is my daughter's <laughs> sleep. Brilliant. Two, and he comes down at seven o'clock, and my wife and myself and Idris sit around the, around the table, and we have a gin and tonic, and he says, I want a tonic, or something. We, let, we give him something with ice in it. And uh, we have a few sort of, you know. I'm sure there's loads of doctors and, and psychologists and nurses and all sorts of people going, you're so idea. lining your kid up to <laughs> yeah. be an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's family time. It's a yeah. different time no, no, of, no, you know. Family time, yeah. It's family time. But actually, I think that, I think this is really interesting in terms mm. of that. I mean, I think it's a really interesting concept. I've never heard of the transitional drink idea, but I, I, I think I probably need more of them. Yeah. <laughs> need to transition I, I, I try not to drink during the week. Because I think, you know, there's just so much going on that it's impossible. Mm. But that Friday night, you know, that first drink is exciting. It's exciting. It's something you look Mm. forward to. It's Mm. bar snacks. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you have for the bar snacks then? All sorts of different things. We had, um, what did we have the other day? We had um, Indie Bay Snacks, which is a small brand, a friend that runs. Um, We have all sorts of different things. Occasionally it's cut meats, and that's really not good. (laughs) Occasionally it's all sorts of things. It's, you know, it's, you know. We're giving all the wrong, it's all the wrong training, but you know, God, you're if, you're, if your father works in the food industry, you end up trying some crazy things, don't you? Well, well maybe that's a good thing, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's totally think fair is. enough. Yeah. You know. So, um, so Tom, where can we find uh, Barago? Uh, it's spelled B-O-R-R-A-G-O, and you, you can go onto the website, barago.com, but where have you managed to get in? Um, so it's sort of getting into a growing range of bars, pubs, restaurants. We're starting mainly on the on-trade um, and it's getting picked up by um, independent wine merchants and farm shops and delicatessens and places like that. So mm. um, easiest thing is to buy it online. We'll ship to you anywhere in the world direct. Yep. And uh, hopefully more and more places near you will have it soon. Um, you've got a real theory, though, haven't you, um, Ollie, that, that a lot of um, the big brands 
don't really want us to do the non-alcoholic thing while we're out drinking, do they? Because, you know, because their margins are for these these big, you know, in, in pubs, these these big brands that they have, they haven't got a massive incentive, have they, to, to, to have really good non-alcoholic drinks. And yet, the, up, the, the, the market, financial though. opportunity, if you run a pub, if every time the person who comes in who's driving or not drinking orders, you know, a Causton Press, a lemonade, whatever it happens to be, right, what are you going to get? Three, four quid maximum. You get someone to have one of these in tonic, you're at two quid up at least. So actually, there's a massive margin opportunity mm. for people to start to do things with intelligent. My concern for, for you is actually how you get the brand name out there. Yeah. Because the problem is, is that what these pubs will do is they'll say, oh, it's our non-alcoholic cocktail. And they're not, you know, they might say, Barajo and, you know, whatever. But they won't, you know, you, it's, it's going to take, you, you know, there's a whole piece of work you need to do to inspire people to understand mm that this is a brand that <coughs> speaks and resonates with them, which and I think is a challenge. That, that's a, a lot of work for us there, and that's going to take time. Um, I mean, for me, the key thing is getting on menus. Um, so we're starting, you know, Cowley Manor, one of the um, country house hotels that uh, stocks us, you know, we're now on the menu. And I think that makes a huge difference when, you know, people start talking about it, start explaining it, and obviously marketing material that we put into these places, but then that stuff Are you marketing that as a sort of... Um, replacement gin or are you, are you doing it as in its own right as a generic very much in its own right i mean obviously it doesn't have any juniper in it so yeah. you can't really call yeah, yeah, it yeah. a gin um because that's yeah. the, the defining uh, part of a gin but yeah we're, we're doing it very much in its own place we if people struggle to understand what it is we say it's like a non-alcoholic so it's virago and tonic yeah. it's so virago and tonic yeah. as itself um, and then we're finding a lot of places as well uh, enjoying using it um, within their sort of more upmarket non-alcoholic cocktails. Mm. Um, so you know, the Manor Hotel. I can see them in non-alcoholic cocktails because they're a big thing. And to be fair, most non-alcoholic cocktails are really sweet and really not very nice. Mm. And it's kind of like crazy fruit juice is blended together with a bit of ice. <laughs> yeah. And actually this is, you know, I think you'd feel a lot more comfortable with this plus a tonic mm. than actually, you know, one of those fruity things. Mm. Well, now we've had that, should we have some coffee in a minute? Definitely. Definitely, definitely. So we're going to have a little break uh, because Sanya, who's with us from Cafe de Artisan, is going to boil the kettle and we're going to make some incredible coffee, aren't we, Sanya? Yes, we do. And you're going to teach me all about good coffee. I will. It will be my pleasure. Excellent. Okay, so we're going to have a little break and then we're going to come back to Sanya. See you in a sec. In a sec. So we're back at the Food Talk show. We've just been talking to Tom Tuke Hastings. I've been tasting his Barago, sort of like a Barago and tonic. Very nice, mm. with his own orange and basil and tonic and glasses. Uh, mm. quite enjoyed that. Um, and I'm just going to ask these guys here, um, do, do you fancy... Um, oh, what's his name? His name's gone straight out of my head. You know, the guy who does all the coffee advertising. Oh, George Clooney. George Clooney. Yeah, George Clooney. <laughs> what, what about George? Well, it's... it's a bit tasty, isn't he? You don't say that well, these listen, days. If he runs, if he runs for Democratic candidate in America, I mean that would be great. Well, up against Trump, <laughs> against anything. Okay. <laughs> How does he always manage to bring it back to that? I, mean, I don't know. He's got a thing about Trump, hasn't he? No, no, no. no, 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 he, no he is actually he's a, he's a mentioned candidate. Oh, really? Yeah, he does. yeah, yeah. He is, oh, and wow. his wife um, is a serious human rights lawyer for the UN, and yeah. is you know yeah. pretty, I think, focused. Serious on couple. Issues. A serious, Very serious couple. Um, but a George. Terrible coffee. Is it? No, see, I'm not. Well, see, so, I don't so, drink okay, coffee so, at home. So, 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 so it's interesting. So advertises. What's it called? Nespresso. That's it. That's so it. Nespresso is a really interesting brand because it's it's bought by about I think about eleven percent of the UK population. Oh, you And it goes up. Um, it goes up more amongst foodies, but not as much as you'd think it would. 
because it's quite expensive stuff. Mm. And what's been interesting, <clears> I think, over the last few years is that when you speak to the coffee brands, you know, the Illies and the Lavazzas and, and the Nespresso's, is they all say Nespresso and all these brands are brilliant because what they've done is capture the perfect you know, coffee moment and put it into a capsule so you can have the perfect coffee. And that, that's, their, that's their position. And, and, and but the single-use pods, I mean, surely the plastic thing is going to hit them. They're going to have to but do something. There's a, oh, aluminium, I believe. Oh, are they? So yeah. you can recycle them. <clears throat> and and the, the plastic ones I'm that sure also exist, uh, you can also recycle as well. Okay. It's just very complicated and it kind of goes against that whole convenience element. Yeah, that's the point. Uh, so that's why I'm really interested hmm. to see what uh, Sanya has brought us. So, so you say that's not very good coffee because I don't make coffee at home at all. I never have coffee out. It's not. You're not impressed, are you, Holly? Really? So, By Nespresso? I mean, so, they so, spent so, so, a fortune spent advertising fortune. the thing. So it's so it's eleven percent of. So it's even worse than that. So it's eleven percent. Of, of the UK buy Nespresso and 23% of committed foodies buy Nespresso regularly. So that's a pretty big old market. And they've, they've done, they've spent a lot of money. Well, who are they owned by? They're big, big, big multinational. Nestle. Nestle. They are, are they? That's why they've put so much money in. They were bought though. Mm. Well, oh, no, no, they weren't. They were an innovation from within Nestle to basically right. go, how the hell do we re-engage the world of coffee? What? And there are a lot of Michelin star chefs who will actually <clears> serve it in their, sh- in their restaurants, which I think is kind of copping out slightly. Um, is it just because of the brand? I think it's. I, I, I do think, to be fair, when we have a coffee pod machine at work, and I think it does give you a consistent type oh, right. of coffee. Mm. Okay. Um, I don't think it's very hot. Um, I think it needs hot milk with it. Mm. Yes. Um, if you know, if you actually are doing a proper <coughs> espresso maker where you've you know you've got the proper the international signal for putting beans in yourself. Um, <laughs> He's doing a lot of arm and, signals here, yeah, which are no use on the radio. Yeah, absolutely no use. Um, but that that's for me is proper coffee. Mm. So, Sonia, you know, um, you know, we've got uh, all this Nespresso being advertised and all that, but you, you want to rebel against that because you don't really think that coffee tastes amazing, do you? No. No. No, you don't. No. no. So, so you want to create something that uh, I suppose was in a pod because people are used to the pod thing, aren't they? They quite like that, I it's think. It's actually a single serve shot pot yeah. in the liquid form. Okay, so and you've got them in front of you. Uh, yes, you've got a little you. box there. So how many have we got uh, in that box? We've so got it's, uh, ten pods got, box. Yeah, um, it's the sorted one. Yeah, uh, there are few variants of the coffee. Yeah. Uh, depending from the coffee beans yeah. that are coming from. So, so uh, what it looks like there then is they look actually like the coffee pods that you have, don't they? Slightly uh, larger, I think. Starting slightly larger. Here. Slightly larger. So which order we got there? Uh, starting from here, the green and blue mm-hmm. uh, are the strongest one. Ah, okay. Uh, in terms of intensity. Yeah. And then they are the medium ones and the mild one. Ah. Yes. So we're going to have a little tasting. What do you? Should we all just try a different one? Do you like strong coffee, Ollie? You're, you're yeah, like, let's go with the strong coffee. Because like what's interesting mm. is what you're saying is that the inside here is a liquid. So inside yes, these cups is liquid. Whereas, liquid. so I'm picking one up, and inside I can see. So it's see through underneath, and underneath I can see. What looks oh like yes, it looks. Like, I of, thought that would be powder, of, and it's and not coffee. So, no. but but in, a, in an espresso or regular one, you've obviously got regular coffee, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah, so, so so we've got a liquid here, and is, so that is is that just very strong liquid coffee? It's uh, it contains fifteen grams of coffee. Yeah, and comparing to the other coffees, which contain uh, like five grams ah. of coffee, oh, right. 
So um, this is going to blow your head off. Yes. So this uh-huh. is. It's going to blow your head off. And and essentially what you do is, um, so it, do you know what it reminds me of? Those milk cartons yeah, that you get. I was going to say exactly yeah. the same thing. Those it looks like a UHT milk, milk carton. Yeah. Slightly bigger though. Um, and it's got the and same. It looks a bit posher. Very Definitely. much posher. Yeah. yeah. And so, so explain to me what you do. I have to take, just peel the lid off. So just. If you can make opening, one. Yeah. Opening the pots. Yeah. Pouring a little bit. So all of it? Cap, just a little bit. She's just pouring. Yeah. So that's about what? About a quarter, not even a third, no. Yeah, and then using a frotter to make a little bit foam. So those little cappuccino frotters. Like a handheld battery powered thing. You can hear that going on, yeah. Got a little little factory going on here. This apparently is the the way that the the, 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 um, thing says here that become your own barista in 60 seconds flat. No more frustrating queuing up in the morning for a latte or Americana. Then you're adding again. Now you've frothed. So it gives you that kind of crema on top. Ah, okay. But you've got no milk. You've got no milk in there at the moment. No, just coffee. I brought some milk. Yeah, but what you're doing at the moment, there's no milk. Yeah, just doing espresso. Yes, making an espresso and then pouring a hot water. So the hot water's going in just from the kettle as normal, and it's ready less than sixty seconds. (gasps) Right, come on then. You're you're the uh, coffee expert, Ollie. Um, Is this a is this a strong one? Yes. Okay, it's a strong one. This is the the Brazil one. A dark, intense blend of select is South American and South Asian American. beans. There you go. Because what's interesting is that, I mean, the coffee actually has like a sort of a, a foam on top of it, yeah. like like it would when you, you get it from a machine. Smells, I can smell it from here, actually. So, and I've got here, uh, what else have I got? Any good? Very good. And so you're so a coffee liquid, snob. So the liquid is, so the liquid is, is it's not just straight kind of. That so noise what is in the, the background is a bit more frothing going on. So, so inside, inside that, you're saying there's 15 grams of coffee. Yes, it is. Um, um, and where do you get so, the coffee from? Do you source those yourself? Where do you, you so know? they are all single origin coffee. Co- uh, yeah. Coffee beans coming from all around the world. Coming from uh, this one is South American. Yeah. Coming from India, the Villacita one. Um, and so what you're doing then is you're not so you're not sticking me, you're yeah. not sticking to one country. What you're no. doing is you're. You're getting the flavour profile, picking, the best, picking the best of the best of the best. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Correct. Right. So, which one have I got here? Is this the same as you? It's oh, this is the lightest one. Which one? Which one is this, Anya? This is my lightest one. Um, it's the Villacita one. Uh huh. Oh, actually, that is good. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm not a it coffee. It comes from India. Yeah. And a bit uh, more frothing going on down the end here. Well done. <laughs> yeah. It has notes uh, as pistachio, cocoa. Mm, I can taste cocoa quite yes, strongly, is. yeah. And and that's a nice flavour profile for me. Do you want? It? Oh, yeah, sure I haven't got any diseases. Just do it from the other <laughs> side of the cup. So that's that's the mild one, and and I do get the cocoa definitely. Oh, mm. oh God, that's stronger. Oh. Yeah, that would wake up in the morning. You probably don't like that. It's too weak for no, you. No, it's not. It? I think they're it's all got quite a nice strong. I mean, they're not. I mean, that's a not nice a quiet well, got coffee. That espresso, yeah, kind of intensity. Sports, uh, mm. That's mm, a mm, good mm. word. Mm. And and so yeah. these. So what you've done then is you've got you've you've literally got the world's finest beans because you're 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 looking at taste, not the you know the country. So you're spending a lot of time sourcing that. Um, yes. Then you're fresh roasting them. Are you roasting them yourself? Yeah, or have you, have you, have you, do you, do you get somebody else to do that for you? Uh, 
so our plant currently is yeah. in Dubai. Ah. But also we are opening another one in Macedonia, in my country, where I'm coming from. So you'll really be on top of it. Uh, yeah. You'll really be. <laughs> so, so then presumably roasting is a really important part to get the, you well, know, to get the right thing out of it. Carefully curated. Yeah. Um, as we already said, rare exotic beans from single estates. And single estates is important, isn't it? Because yes, it is. That really gets the taste profile. You, and there's, you, there's you a get lot of confusion on this, isn't there? Yeah. Because there's a diff- Often people say single origin, and single origin mm. just means it's, it's from a country. The same country. Single yeah. estate means it's from an estate, which means right. you've got complete control of it. So it's yeah. a really kind of important yeah. differentiator. At times, people say, marketers are very good at blending. Yeah. You know, sort of <laughs> so yours people. is single estate. Is that right, Sunny? Uh, yes, correct. So single estate. And then it's precious grinding, days of artisanal extraction in our proprietary microfiltery using food tech principles. And it took us years to perfect our process, actually. So, so, so essentially what you're doing is you're not only finding the best beans you're really looking at um, i presume roasting them in different ways gives them different taste as well so you've got to experiment until you get the absolute right um, taste profile for that because it's interesting i think a lot of people forget how different different coffees are and how different some of the flavors are and how different you know in the same way with cocoa beans or wine or or wines and everything else and actually i think because of big brands i think we've sort of knocked out a lot of mm. the variety and interest in and, the coffee. And that's what's great about this selection box, because there's 10 different uh, coffees in there, and you can try, you know, mix and match and learn a little bit from, from mm. each different place. And the pods themselves then, so so these are recyclable, aren't they? And yeah. the good thing is you don't need one of those bloody machines, do you? You just need a kettle. So no need of machine. Yeah. It's ready f- uh, for less than 60 seconds. Yep. And um, it just tastes amazing. Yes. So do you not so drink coffee? I only drink coffee out. I just never think of making it at home. Because? I just never have done, really. Well, I always drink tea in the morning. I can't stand right. a cup of coffee in the morning. And I just no, couldn't. Really? No, too strong. But but because I'm, I'm working all day, when I come home in the evening, having a coffee just doesn't work And on a Saturday me. morning, do you, you know, when you're... I go out for coffee. Do you? Yeah. Mm. I, drink, I drink about six cups of uh, espresso every day in the morning. That's in just the morning. In the morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> especially on yeah. rainy days. Yeah. Especially on rainy days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I get yeah. up at five to uh, get in, you know get into the office as quickly as I can. Yeah. Although you know sometimes try and uh, go and work out first. Although that's not happened as much as it should recently. That doesn't um, But uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I could hear the sarcasm in your voice. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, no, I, I really enjoy coffee. And, and um, Sonia, I haven't seen these before. So so if you're interested in doing something a little bit different, tasting amazing coffee that's in a liquid form that surely has got to be better than a powdered granule form and you don't want one of those coffee machines because possibly you haven't got the space no machines 100% fully recyclable exactly the box and the coffee pots also brilliant so so um if i was interested in trying those where where do i go do i go onto your website uh, or is there any other places that you can buy it on our website yes uk our uk website also the us website and uh, it can be ordered on amazon of course it can. Everything can be ordered on Amazon. Brilliant. And so, recently on Hachonda.com. Uh, very good. So um, it's Cafe, which is double F, Cafe D-I Artisan, Cafe D Artisan dot UK. And we'll uh, we'll put a link on from um, the Food Talk website. Um, definitely worth trying if you haven't got room for, a, you know, and you want a proper coffee and you haven't got room for the machine and it's all recyclable. 
But it's funny because actually one of the things we asked, I remember of some research we did a while ago, was the number of different ways that people can make coffee in their home. Because a lot of people have cafetiers, they have then the filtration methods. Yeah. There's then that one that got really popular, which was the, um, you know, the sort of press thing. There was the sort of the... Oh, the aeropress. The aeropress, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You too, and though, are just like marketing people's dreams. You buy everything. <laughs> you buy all of those things, don't yeah, you? We have to test it no, out. But, I think, yeah. but it's funny, in the world of coffee, I think there's been lots of... Okay, you're right, marketing people, but yeah. the world the world of coffee trends has, has really changed. You know, we all started with cafetiers. Then you moved to the stovetop thing, which everyone mm. went through a phase of stovetop. Then we went back to the cafetiers. Then we've been through the aeropresses. You've got the machines. I mean... I must have six different ways to make coffee at home. It's ridiculous. I don't have any. That's because you don't drink coffee. No, I don't know. But if, but if you are obsessed with coffee, and there are differences, I think, between yeah. all of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, thank you so much for San- Sanya Ilieva, um, Café de Artisan. And we'll, thank we'll, you we'll, for inviting we'll, me. It's a pleasure. It and, is my pleasure also. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, and we'll do links so that people who want to try that um, um, can get through to the website. Um, and uh, as, as you know, people in the UK drink 70 million cups of coffee a day. So, 70 million cups of coffee a day are drunk in the Collectively, UK. Collectively, not individually. Collectively, not just you. <laughs> um, so, if you if you are a coffee fiend, make sure you try this because it's slightly different. <laughs> and that's an amazing statistic because there are, what, 60 million people in the UK? Is that one, one and a bit each? Yes, well, I know, but half of them are six. children. <laughs> half. Got... Well, okay, okay, so 20% are well, under 18. You just 18. said you drink five or six coffees. No, he drinks five or six. Oh, yeah. I probably drink yeah. two or three. But no, I mean, yeah, and then lots of people don't drink sense. it. So, you know, basically there are a lot of people like Guy, essentially. So this is a massive sense. market. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, oh, I'm so sorry about that, Tom. They just go off on one. And thank you for to-, to Tom, Duke oh, Hastings. Good luck with that. I mean, I do think if there's some way in which you can break in um, to some of those overseas markets, but I know that's a really tall order, quite a difficult mm. thing to do. Um, and definitely nice with tonic. I, I enjoyed that with tonic. Mm. So, um, yeah. So what are you laughing at? I'm laughing at the um, fact that there was the moment you had it without tonic, which you probably now try to forget. <laughs> yeah, no, and no. We'll, we'll be putting transitional drinking in our marketing plan as well. Now. Yeah. That's a good term. Think? Yeah. I, 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 might, I might have made that up, but I don't no, think but I, I, did. I love it. It's great. There's the transitional everyone, object, everyone will be talking obviously. about it. Okay. Well, if I haven't made it, I'll, I'll claim it. I'll yeah, claim it should, as mine. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I, I definitely read about it somewhere. Um, and that's barago.com. So that's B O R A G O.com. And again, we'll be putting a link on our website to Tom's uh, lovely bottle you can see there. Um, so thank you very much. Uh, you've been listening to the Food Talk Show. We're syndicated all around uh, all sorts of places. And you can listen to us on Podbean, iTunes or your podcast app. Um, thank you to my fellow presenters, Guy Routledge of the Food Rush. Thank you, Guy. Thank you very much. That's good. And um, thanks, Ollie. Uh, Ollie Lloyd of Great British Chefs. Um, and if you want to recommend any future guests, someone doing something groundbreaking in the food sector please get in touch with us via Twitter on at Food Talk Show. Uh, and uh, yeah, have a good week. And then see, see, you, see you for the next programme. Okay.